why don't you join us? We're Ruth, Jane and Claire, three high-functioning ex-drinkers on their honest, non-judgmental and inspirational journey to a life with less alcohol. Listen in whilst we share our very different raw experiences and challenging relationships with alcohol. Along the way, we hope to provide realistic tips on how to ditch the booze. Today's the day you make that first step towards the best version of yourself. I think if people are Googling, do I have a problem with alcohol? I think they're looking for the confirmation bias of somebody to say, no, you're fine. You can carry on drinking as you are. But the fact you're typing that into Google is really your subconscious saying, I'm not comfortable with the level of alcohol that I'm putting into my body. And actually, I want someone to turn around and say, this isn't healthy. This isn't going to be good for you. And you should change your ways. It's kind of opening that door, isn't it? As in, I'm, I just need to own up to the fact I do have a problem with it. Or even the other way, really, which is to say, yeah, you can carry on, which is what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted somebody to say, actually, it's a normal amount of alcohol that you consume in. And I think there was a couple of things that kind of confirmed that I was allowed to carry on drinking at that at that rate. And one of them was herd immunity. It was, okay, well, if everybody else is doing it, to the amount that they are doing it surely that's not that's absolutely okay for me and I think you mm. there's a couple of things that kind of make you dis- disillusion yourself that it is absolutely okay to carry on drinking at the rate that you're drinking and, and definitely one of the major factors for me was thinking that everybody else was doing the same I've since realise that that is not the case at all in fact I'm quite shocked at how little other people drink in comparison to what I was drinking and I think the other thing was you know oh well I'm not an alcoholic because and I'm not an alcoholic because and those answers those questions could be I'm not waking up and drinking it's not affecting me going to work every day I was probably looking for a reason to carry on I wanted someone to say, actually, you're worrying about it and you're worrying about your health and you're waking up in the morning and thinking and regretting what you've done the night before. And in that moment, in that moment when you wake up and you know, I don't feel great, I haven't got the energy levels that I want to be having, I'm here again. Oh, the regret of being here again on a Monday morning when you should (laughs) actually be, you know you know, full of life and, and, you know, you've had a nice restful weekend and you've slept well. And actually what I was doing was recovering really, really hard to recover when you've got to go to work, isn't it? But that's that's what I was doing. So I think, but I wanted someone to go, actually, everybody else is doing it, so it's absolutely fine. Why are you worrying about it? I think I remember doing one and I remember being disappointed that it didn't flash up with this massive red alarm saying, (laughs) you need to stop now. Like this, you are at the point of no return. How much have we spoken about it? And yet I've never known that you've wanted that really. Yeah. Well, this is awful. And I haven't probably admitted this to anybody, but I remember going for checks for diabetes just to like check my blood sugars. And I desperately wanted them to turn around to me and say, awfully, 
you've got diabetes because I thought well, at least I've got a reason now to not drink why do you why do you feel like you needed and um, somebody else to tell you that rather than you just made the decision to stop honestly because I think you as a person who doesn't want to drink out of choice so society doesn't accept that it was almost I had to you know I'd make up stupid lies and say well, I'm on antibiotics so I can't drink I've got to drive because it was easier to lie than to admit I actually just don't want to wake up with a hangover because you're out with your friends and you're just going to get stick for not drinking because you know people are uncomfortable around people who don't drink because you know you you're kind of attacking their best friend I think that links into even the bigger concept that here is an absolutely normal drug and it's absolutely fine for everybody to go around consuming it in their homes, in restaurants, to celebrate good times. So if you're not on board with that, you're the problem's with you. It's just yeah. so normalised. And I think that's one of the things that's shocked me so much. There just hasn't there just isn't any kind of um that big flashing warning that you have with, for example, cigarettes and cocaine or the drugs campaigns, yeah. just say no. But hey, while you're at it, pour yourself a nice cold glass. It, there's just that that divide as to where it's sold like in society at this point in time yeah and the mad thing is like if you take the most basic form of alcohol which is ethanol it if you drink that neat it kills you and you know my, my children said to me so so how do we consume it if you drank it neat it would kill you and I said well what humans do they dilute it to a point where it harms you and causes you pain and makes you poorly and eventually can kill you but we dilute it enough so it doesn't kill us straight away <laughs> and that's the reality of it no no it's crazy it's it's I mean. crazy and you know it's horrible to think that these marketing brands get away with it and yet all they're doing is advertising products which are massively highly addictive and you know they're selling it to to people who they rely on that slow progression of addiction you know I mean my background at 18 I was at uni and I drove everywhere it never ever bothered me to, to sort of go up, up town and mm, get that's drunk. why it's, that's why it surprises me that you needed like like a reason because you were worried about what other yeah. people just going back to that that's like yeah. really interesting yeah. like I didn't have any of that situation I didn't really have anybody else in my life that didn't drink but equally I've never had lots of people in my life to, that drink to excess like going on holiday I would never see like you know people drunk as such my, you know people that I socialized with probably it was always me that would be drunk yeah. it would never be um I know no um, and yeah. it would never be them that was that was you know drinking to the point that you would noticeably you know notice that they'd they'd had a drink really um so yeah. I, that experience has been completely different to me and I think that might be why you feel like you needed a, you know, I'm an on antibiotic. Yeah, an excuse not to drink. That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I know. You... Yeah, I mean, I, I used to have a rule, which obviously got broken because you do get more addicted the more you drink, um, that I'd get to about 11 or 12 o'clock. And I thought, 
oh, you know, if I start on water now, I can cheat this hangover. I'm going to be all right. I'll have something to eat. I'll have a pint of water, take some water to bed. I even started putting rehydration sachets in the water because I thought I could completely cheat my body out of reacting to this poison that I was putting in it. But I'd the length quite... that we go to, that's like such an effort, isn't it? That's like, that's like tiring just thinking about it. But coming to that point, and you're so right, that was the point I knew I needed to stop because I was spending far too much time thinking about alcohol and that was when I knew this isn't normal. I just would say that the last year or so, would it was becoming a chore. It was becoming like a chore like having to do housework every night now here we go but yet not being able to avoid that chore which is just bizarre really really bizarre Mm. but not being able to just choose not to which is the key thing which is you know and then admitting that which is a really 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 big deal that you spend years and years denying for me the biggest thing that I've took away that I learned within it took me a while but loads of self-help books loads of podcasts all talk about something that's happened that triggered you drinking in the first place whether that be parents that drank drank in the past whether that being like a trauma that you're trying to get away from whether that and and I racked my brains for months because I wanted to pinpoint exactly what made me drink until I concluded that it was circumstance all it was with me was circumstances so I was which obviously we'll go into but you know I was working and when I was working it was corporate hospitality which included food and wine and so wine and alcohol was just everywhere and I was in my 20s really really impressionable so I think if I wanted like a message out of my journey it would definitely be don't just it doesn't necessarily have to be a trauma or it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you're trying to escape from because I was thinking look I've got a good life I like my life it's like there's nothing bad that was going on and when I just boiled it down it was just the fact that you know I um, was in a set of circumstances that allowed me to drink and then I got to the point where I couldn't not not drink do you know one thing that scared me was the way my confidence developed with if I had a drink and I got up the next day and I could get on with my day and I could cope with the washing going to work sorting the kids it it was like that false promise that I can do this I can chill out and have a glass of wine every night because I can, well, say one glass, let's, who am I kidding? Um, I can get up the next day and still be me and still be proactive and productive. And the, probably one of the lowest points was, I remember it was a night before a triathlon and we'd had friends round for a meal and I started out, poured them a glass of wine with a spaghetti bolognese and I thought, I'm not going to have one because I've got a race tomorrow, I've got to be up early, it's a big race. And by the time I was pouring their second one, I thought, oh god I'll just have half a glass you know I'll be fine it's not going to be in my system that much and I think I ended up having probably two if not three glasses which is getting on for a bottle and I went to do the try and I was fine but it annoyed me that I was fine because I was like my body should not be able to get up and do a triathlon after I've had wine the night before and I felt a little bit failed by that which is so bizarre 
but I actually wanted to feel hungover to again give myself that point and make it clear your body can't cope with what you're putting in it so stop and it didn't and you know I did continue to, to drink for about another six months after that um so it's those false hopes and false promises and then you know if there were any nights I had slightly more than that if it was cocking up to just over a bottle and I'd wake up and feel dead the next day my tummy would be in bits absolutely just hanging and I'd be like well what's different you know I had almost this amount the other night ah okay new winning formula now make sure I only have two and a half or three glasses and it's the rules that I used to set myself those stupid rules drink at six till nine and stop at nine because you won't have a hangover if you don't drink by nine try just having gin because it's wine that's the devil and that was another trigger for me um there was no kind of moving moment where I thought I can't have any more it was just constant little things that all added up to say this isn't right this isn't normal Thanks for joining Ruth, Jane and Claire for Fizz Free. We've got more episodes coming. Please remember we're not licensed therapists, just real people wanting to share our real experiences with you.